1: It's the complex club with Bryce, Michael, and Isaac. I know a story of high strangeness or two. <laughs> Let's do well this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host,
2: Bryce Johnson,
1: and our super producer, Riley Bray. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. guess what, global community? Today, we're celebrating (laughs) our fifth annual Fourth of July episode. That's Woo! when we dig into some stories of high strangeness uh, that are somehow connected to the American story, whether you like it or not. That's what we're pulling from today. Um, but we think we found a like we found a story that not only ties into. Uh, American history, World War II specifically, or just well, yeah, I guess World War II, yeah, um, for sure. But also into the theme of BCC jet ski summer because that's right, baby. The water is warm all summer long here on Bigfoot mm. Collectors Club, mm-hmm. and
2: we control the water with our minds. That's right. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> it's just what we do here on the podcast.
1: How's everyone's would- aqua kinesis coming along? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh pretty good, pretty yeah. good by the way yeah. that 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 water thought experiment totally failed. Do you remember when I did that rice experiment in the in my <laughs> spare bathroom yes. and it was like a thought experiment where I was gonna like pepper this one glass of rice with like love thoughts and pepper this other one with nothing and then pepper this other one with like hate thoughts and and it's supposed to like you know make the hate thought rice turn real bad, but it all just kind of stayed the same and got mucky. You just got moldy rice, huh? That's, that's <laughs> ended up with. I got to work on my brain power mojo, man. It must be lax right now.
1: Just like the uh, peaches that I bought from Trader Joe's, they were unripe one day and then completely moldy the next.
0: I bought the same goddamn peaches. <gasps> did you get you. them in the uh,
1: in that box? Yeah, yeah. I did.
0: Yeah, got so Trader Joe's are calling you out.
1: They were, harder they were ready than and apples. then they
0: were moldy it was like i had the
2: same i literally
1: i love that this happened to you too because it's really been in the back of my mind all week i, was I feel
2: like this is gonna set the tone for our special it's like the peach turned rotten oh yeah
1: guys we're getting loosey-goosey this week we're gonna be honest with you we are we have been busy boys mm-hmm. we cranked out that jet ski special for you guys Ooh, and then we got real tired. We're all about to leave for summer vacations. And you guys are listening to this when you're probably on your way to some sort of summer vacation. I That's hope. great. Love it. Maybe you're headed to the lake this weekend for your own jet ski fun. So, oh yeah, we're gonna get into some classic high strangeness. But we're also, guys, let's be honest. This is gonna be a little loose. It's gonna be a little. We're beat.
2: (laughs) It's summer, baby. It's all good. (laughs) Oh my god. My wife and I will often joke. Do we say I'm tired too much? I'm like I. (laughs) I say all the time. I just that's my like. It's so true. (laughs) It's. like am i supposed to be this tired today yes yes you are
1: well you guys will be excited to hear that i'm about to hit the road tomorrow with friend of the show w dave keith who's back in la for the first yes. time uh since the pandemic we're gonna drive up the coast uh the west coast we're gonna go up to hopefully we'll make it all the way up to snow washington where they filmed wow. twin peaks and we're gonna hit the Double R Diner, we're going to hit the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station, uh, there are other places up there that I can't think the train car, which you guys haven't gotten to, no, the train car's in the first episode where they found Laura's, uh, where they think mm-hmm. the murder of happened, um, there's a bunch what of what did you spot. say the name of the the city was in Washington? Snoqualmie, I believe is how you say
2: it, wow. it's okay,
1: S-N-O-Q-U-A-L-M-I-E, Snoqualmie, right, right. I love So-qualmie. it. Are you going to
2: drink co- drink
1: coffee and rate their cherry pie? Fuck yes. <laughs> oh, and we're going to go to the falls. the Snoqualmie falls. And we're going to go check out the hotel, uh, which mm-hmm. I can't remember what the name of it is. But that's where the Great Northern Hotel, the uh, exterior is fun.
0: I've been there. Oh, it's so- awesome. Have you that's really? Have you been camp. up there? Oh, yeah. Did oh, you go yeah. on
1: tour when you were on tour or just for shits and giggles?
0: I was visiting my brother up there. Oh, and wow. then we went on a little day trip. And it was a blast
1: killer did you feel like you could get it all done in a few hours
0: the the falls in the hotel yeah yeah totally
1: yeah all right because i think they just shot
0: i think they just shot no i didn't go to the bar i think they just shot exteriors at that hotel i don't think
1: yeah it's not it's not the same the inside is clear the hikes down to
0: the falls is great it's beautiful really beautiful can't wait well unlike bryce and i you are really committing to this twin peaks rewatch
1: <laughs> I'm telling you it's your fulfillment and I went all surprised? No, not, not a bit. at all. Not a <laughs> bit. Boy, I mean we're not going to get to the return until at least 2027. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> for those for those of our listeners who don't, you know, aren't are part of our Patreon, they should be, but we were doing a Twin Peaks special and and Bryce Bryce, Bryce didn't do his homework and and he was he was way lagging behind on watching the specials and it was well, like watching Michael try to just piece together this like a last minute Twin Peaks Patreon episode but it came out great I
1: think you know yep. what it came out great it's gonna be fine everything's fine it's fine here that reminds us let's get let's get into some clubhouse keeping Patreon join our bcc the other side our patreon over patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club for just five dollars a month you'll get three bonus sodes bonus sodes every month including uh our twin peaks recaps oh we were supposed to do all of season one this past month we just did one episode of season one we're taking uh, it slow you know taking what well honestly it's better to talk about it that way but uh we'll get through it the way we get through it um, and also coming up uh, very soon this week, we will have a Bigfoot cl- uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club Expedition Bigfoot Season 3 uh, f- finale recap discussion with none right. other than cameraman Zach is going to be joining us from the show. Everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that. Yep. So uh, join us over there. And of course, for nine dollars a month, you get uh, you become a cosmeteer. Riley, tell them what you get uh, for nine bucks a month.
0: Oh, you get a lot. You get a bunch of uh, ambient scores. There's already a backlog building up. We're also putting new ones out every week. Some weeks, I'm feeling saucy. I post demos from the album I'm working on. So you get a letter that I write about whatever I'm thinking about that day. <laughs> uh, you Also, also if you enjoyed the songs in the Jet Ski Special, those are uh, high-quality wave files that you can download and put in your library. That is the That's only place right. you can get them. Until they are widely released. Yes. Aquakinetic be and Belly. Yeah,
1: so you, yes. The Jet Ski Special exclusion ver- Exclusive Versions of Belly Button Up by BJ and the Shadow Bats and Aqua Kinetic from Club Bryce can only be downloaded over uh, at the Ultra Terrestrial tier on uh, Patreon.com. So uh, check and that look, out. Yes. Look, you could
0: You can sign up for the $9 tier. You go ahead and download all that stuff. If you don't like it, just go back to the $5 yeah. tier. It's cool. Yeah, we don't, we don't we won't be mad at you you we know won't that's why people of music do it all the time yeah, do we still
1: do. plug away at this podcast for at least um I'd say uh 20 times the amount of people who join our patreon monthly for free yeah, yeah we still easily. do it yeah,
0: we still we, we, we still, love you
1: guys yeah we still yeah. toil away for you guys for free because we love you so uh give us a little support um speaking of showing your support for the show you can get the all new BCC jet ski special T shirt. We buried the Whoa. lead by James Maholland. We finally have official merch shirts featuring you guys wanted it. We delivered Bigfoot on a jet ski. So Bigfoot uh, on a jet ski. You can see that right now over on our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you can get that in our tea Public shop. Link to that is in our bio on Instagram and in the show notes of this episode. Finally, I know I I know I say yeah. this
0: a lot, but Almost every shirt, but um,
1: I think this is my
0: favorite shirt.
1: Yes, let's talk a little bit about the shirt. It's inspired by the ocean Pacific designs that mm-hmm. I grew up, Bryce and I grew up with as lads, and I'm sure Riley did too, even though he was a little oh, I got him. than us. Yeah, well, a little and taste of the in- vintage, including it's little nods to things like tnc surf design and the skater die uh nintendo cartridge so i would check it out if you're into that stuff uh james maholland knocked it out of the park once again um guys if you don't want a shirt if you don't want to give us any money that's fine that's cool like we said we do this for free but please do give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. why it gets the show to more listeners like you. If you do, we might read it on the air like this one that Riley's got locked and loaded right now.
0: From Margarita McP. Yeah, Love it. Things that make you go, hmm. Just found this wonderfully entertaining podcast after watching Expedition Bigfoot. Thank you nice. guys for filling my time with things that tickle the old gray matter between my ears. Five star.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like this guy. <laughs>
1: I love now that it's come full circle and people are finding us through uh, Bryce's TV work on Expedition. Wild.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I love that. Well, thank you for that five star review. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, let's get into this. Yep. Let's just move on from that and get into this summer's Lucy Agusi 4th of July episode. Uh, Why don't we kick it off with some... BCC 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 News! Now, of course, we love to have a little bit of presidential high strangeness in every 4th Got of it. July special. And wouldn't you know, this was handed to us on a silver platter uh, this last really week. Bryce, why don't yeah. you tell us what well. news came down the pipeline next week? Sure. Listeners are probably already chomping at the bit to
2: let you know that Bill Clinton says he sent agents to Area 51 to look for aliens. That's right. Uh, patrick riley reports i know the that there's
1: something in there uh, <laughs>
2: who is that
1: that's spelled, what do you mean it's me I, I
2: tried practicing my bill and i was like nope not there and I i used to be it. there uh, 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 no, I'm, gonna I'm not find not, not gonna sandwich. do it i'm not gonna do i'm looking bill. for a not, flying
1: sandwich i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's hoagies up there okay here we go let's jump in that's george bush that's That's dana carvey's george bush here we go former president bill clinton admitted in a new interview that he sent federal agents to find out if aliens were hiding out at nevada's so-called area 51 uh that's right clinton in a wednesday appearance on the late late night with james corden said while he was president he and chief of staff john podesta quote made every attempt to find out everything about Roswell, and even sent people to Area 51 to make sure there were no aliens, sir. End quote.
1: No aliens <laughs> there, sir.
2: <laughs> the ex-president Forever. said he sent his national security advisor at the time, the late Sandy Berger, to the mysterious Nevada Air Force Base, whose legacy of secrecy has spawned conspiracy theories about aliens that have made the site the center of American UFO folklore. Quote, I said we got to find out how we're going to deal with this because that's where we do a lot of our invisibility research in terms of technology, like how we fly airplanes that aren't picked up by radar and all that, end quote, Clinton said. So that's why they're so secretive. But there's no aliens that I know of.
1: <laughs> I sent them I sent them down there to find a sandwich and all all we got was a sandy burger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hillary Hillary knows there's nothing down there. <laughs> the world's leading astronomers, however, told the president a few years ago that there's up to a 95% chance that we are not alone in the universe. Quote On the other hand, Hillary and I went to Hawaii in 2018 to the Big Island, where all the telescopes commit are to it, on Bryce. top of the mountain. Commit right, to okay, it, Bryce. Commit Commit.
1: Stay in okay. it. Whatever. <clears throat> even if it's wrong, commit to it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Including the Keck telescope, which I love. It's my favorite scope up there on top of the mountain, the largest in the world. And several countries have scientific teams there the 42nd president said. So after we toured the telescope, we went down and met with them. I said, do you guys argue about the likelihood of life in outer space? He said, yes, we have huge arguments, he said. There are those of us who think that it's 85% likely, and those of us who think it's 95% likely. Oh, oh my wow. god, what a difference. Wow, what an wow, argument.
0: What a great story. <laughs> well, teller. I think it's <laughs> 85, Bill. <laughs> I think it's 95.
2: It's obviously 93. <laughs> And these are people who spend their lives doing this. Okay, I'm bailing on this fucker. No, uh, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, and I'll tell you why. This is, you know, these presidents always have a great way of just dancing around this subject for late mm-hmm. night television. It's almost become a thing that you've got to like uh, practice training for if you're going to be a president. How to how to dodge the UFO question on late night television?
0: I did yeah, watch but- that appearance. He was being really cheeky. Like yeah. he, he was just joking around, really
1: yeah this is fluff, but also, I don't think they tell them about it. also I think if there were aliens in area fifty one they're not there anymore like no, that's like something that was from forty years ago. you know what I mean like well,
2: sure, and i may I may be wrong, but there's there's levels of top secrecy above the the president. I might be wrong on that, but uh but right there's there there's certain need to know uh clearances listen uh that, that may, what
1: I've said this before. My buddy Dave and I, we went to Roswell a number of years ago. And our old tour guide, Dennis, a true Dennis Balthazar, true American. Shout out, Dennis, who knew everything about the Roswell incident. who drove us all around town. Now, you know, Dennis's whole thing was, why would they tell the presidents about this unless they need to know? They're only Mm. in office for as long uh, for a maximum of eight years. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So unless something happens on their watch, the military's not going to tell them they don't have to know. No. I think it's like in the movies. I think it's probably like, this is the one time I think it's like in the movies where if something were to come hovering over our cities, that's when the Pentagon brass comes in and they go, sir, here's what we know about this. You know what I mean? The, oh, and then yeah, the president's of course, of like, course. why aren't you telling me until now? And it's like, well, cause you didn't need to know until now. Now you need right. to know.
2: Now you need to know. Right. Makes sense to me, man. Absolutely. I mean, you it takes eight years to get a star yeah. on your lapel, right? Jeez.
1: Yeah. Also, I think I just think like Clinton was looking in the wrong place. There's no aliens at Area 51 anymore. If there if there are aliens in any secret bases, it's a secret base that we don't know about.
0: Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? It's like looking for locals at a tourist spot. You know, yeah. it's just it's not that's not where they are. Exactly.
1: You know? It's like going down to Times Square and uh trying to find a Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Man, yeah.
1: you that's you know you're there now. is.
2: A secretive underground, mostly likely underground base that is the new, quote unquote, Area 51. And nobody knows about maybe there's a select select few who have caught whiff of, of the story of where it is and what it is. But I bet it's somewhere sitting right here in the in the American desert. I don't know.
1: I bet it's Ooh. in the hollow moon, which is an artificial it's in construct. It's moon! <laughs> uh, oh, man. Alrighty. Flat moon, man flat moon that's oh
0: yeah that's that's the hot new thing
1: wait is there really a new flat moon theory
0: (laughs) as of now i'm sure there is
1: all right bray is a plant he's trying to discredit flat moon (laughs) you shill you fourth of july special shill um all right everybody we're going to take a quick break and when we come back it's time for this week's patriotic story of high strangeness (laughs) All right, everybody, we're back for a very Lucy Goosey hot dog episode. <laughs> for the guys, real quick before we get it's into a hot this, dog
0: episode. yeah, yeah.
1: Fourth of July, go to snacks or meals? What are you eating on the fourth?
2: Ooh, okay. I, I make this. Oh, go ahead, Riley. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Please, by <laughs> all means. You all right, should. I have this. Okay, it's it's a vegan dog, but I'm only going to make a vegan dog so because so my wife and my my frigging kids will eat it. Otherwise, I'm just you know cooking for myself. <laughs> but it's a, I do it on a night. Trader Joe's has have these nice brioche hot dog buns, mm, and I good. do one of their little smart buns on that. If they've got it a little, um, they have this pickle mustard, but if not, just regular deli mustard will do or yellow mustard. And then they have these sweet jalapeno slices, and I put those on top of the mustard. Bing, bang, boom. That is the best tasting hot dog you'll ever have. People who put ketchup on their hot dog should be shamed. It's wrong. Mustard only hot dog. Yeah, mustard, guy mustard, right mustard
1: relish. Mustard relish. Mustard relish is fine. Relish is totally acceptable. No ketchup mm-hmm. on a hot dog. That's for that's for preschoolers and and under. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Hell <laughs> yeah! Cup. Yes,
1: wow. take a stand here on the BCC. preschool and under BCC ketchup on hot dog. Yeah. Dorks. How about
2: you guys? What's what's your go to July Fourth snack or food item? I mean, I'm
0: really big on the uh, the old veggie chili. That's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and like chili the, uh,
1: in summertime.
0: Oh, come chili cookout, man! Fourth of July chili—it's oh. like a whole thing. Oh. And then you get the Fritos scoops, not necessarily Fritos brand. Mm-hmm. Actually, since this episode is sponsored by Trader Joe's at this point, the Trader Joe's corn chip organic scoops—really, those great. are good. Those are yeah. good. Yeah. Although yeah. I, they're they're vegan chili, not my favorite version. I like the mm. Annie's spicy low mm. sodium. That's the go. Yeah,
2: hard to find. <laughs> we said. <laughs> Our, our fourth of july foods are so, vegan chili <laughs> i like a vegan hot dog with yeah. a, a with a, a deli <laughs> mustard and from trader joe's has these wonderful sweet and spicy jalapenos <laughs> there is this French, is this french
0: uh, little french shop at the farmer's yeah, market yeah. at the grove that has really good dijon mustard it's... oh Guys, i know the place you're talking beer... about
2: butts and bowls come on it's budweiser's butts and fucking bowls and What's that's butts it butts and bowls but the cigarettes that's when you call it uh, cigarettes Butts. oh just. i thought you meant like butts like yeah swoops like swoops. Uh, oh that, work, works that, like, that works too that uh, that works too did i ever tell you the time i was on sunset boulevard <laughs> looking through naughty dirty magazines and, a <laughs> nope, and-
1: But <laughs> now is the time <laughs> You're telling now
2: and an old friend came up and she was wait, like, wait, wait,
1: wait, hey. <laughs> no, 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 nope. don't jump to the end, set, context. set the yeah. stage, uh, give us some build, give uh, us some setup, and then well, you know that, tell maybe. us the story.
2: Yeah, well, it was a girl I knew. No, and no, no, I mean, where were oh. you,
1: what kind of magazines were you looking at? Oh, like, give Sun- us, Sunset set Boulevard. Set us up the moment before.
2: Well, you know, there was a Sunset Boulevard, Boulevard magazine stand and they had a, a uh. great, you know. Dirty magazines. Well, you know selection. what you were looking
1: at. What were you looking at? It, it was a
2: Buttman. It was a butt man magazine. <laughs> Plastic. <laughs> Plastic Buttman. And she came over and she's like, Bryce? And I was like, oh, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned to her. And she, was, she saw the butt man. She looked up at me and she didn't know what to say. And I was just I don't remember what happened next, but uh <laughs> blacked out at the yeah. time. <laughs>
1: well, we all know where Bryce's allegiances uh, lie. Uh,
2: <laughs> anyway, I don't know
1: what that Wait, has to do with the Were you of flipping July, but... through the buttman? Or, yeah. yeah. or were you Or were you paying it. for it? Were you in the no, uh, in the transaction it.
2: No, I wasn't gonna buy it. I was perusing. Aren't you know, they all perfectly Are, no, bagged?
1: Are not they bagged in In the nineties,
2: no. it was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a different time. Jesus, this
0: was like 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. I didn't go.
0: even have a phone back then, people.
2: Come on.
1: No, you <laughs> oh had God. your pager. You got you got your oh, pornography
0: yeah. from a newsstand <laughs> on Sunset Boulevard.
2: <laughs> and then I hid it in the forest. <laughs> like <a> decent gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, What's your
0: favorite 4th of July <laughs> snack,
2: Michael? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I was going to say, my dad used to throw, I don't, I guess it was in the summertime. My dad used to throw chili parties for, uh, for like all of his coworkers. But then they would just, like, I realized as I got older, I was like, wait a minute. The chili parties were just an excuse to get people to come out and build fences for him. <laughs> Cause like, <laughs> I remember we built a fence, and my dad threw a chili party, and then he made everyone perform manual labor and build our backyard fence, and that was oh, like his so big summer <laughs> gathering. Wow! Yeah, my dad, was diabolical, like real Tom Sawyer of uh, yeah, of that's the reference yeah. of Kansas City. Um, I'm a burger, I'm a burger and brats guy, baby. Uh yeah. I like the old traditional. I'm a meat eater still and I speak for the rest of us oh, when I too. say me too. Give Ooh. me that burger no cheese. Sorry, I'm not a cheeseburger guy. I used to be, can't do it anymore. Cheese makes my tummy feel bad. And uh so I'm still a sensitive boy. You had us and then you lost us. Yeah, again. yeah you like, right, I'm a burger you were right brand. there. You were right there. I like a burger. You let,
2: <laughs> I like your, you let it slip from your hands. Listen, I got to be honest.
1: I got to be honest. I lost, my, I lost my sunglasses on the Shaver Lake trip. You guys know this. Oh, and yes, you never
0: found them? I yeah. never
1: found them. And then oh. I bought a new pair online, and I had to tell. These were a gift. They were special Star Wars-themed sunglasses. They, yep. I think they fell out of the car when Bryce and I were driving back. I don't know what happened to them. My girlfriend gave them to me for Christmas. I love them dearly and uh poor Bryce I came back I turned I looked for I looked for it in his car I had I had Riley looking all over the cabin Mm -hmm. and um I bought a new pair and I immediately I was never gonna hide it but I was like uh she was over the other day and I was like I have something to tell you and then I told her I lost the sunglasses and I ordered a new pair but I couldn't pass them off because I'm an honest boy and then she I had been so stressed about this for two weeks and then she was like did you think I was going to get upset about this? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I just felt, I was disappointed in myself and I thought you would be disappointed in me too. Nice. Oh. So it all, it all worked nice. out. Thanks. Thanks for looking. That's, that's my way of saying I'm, I always tell the truth. I always tell the truth. Um, all right. I like that. Speaking of the truth. Yes. Let's get to the bottom of it. We are Once again, trying to find out what's really going out there in the world and examining classic stories of high strangeness. And this month, we are finally getting to a subject which uh, in five years, we've only hinted about. We've only talked about on our bullshit (laughs) and believe it list. Now, this is a bigger topic than what we're getting to today. We're going to narrow in on one of the subjects related to this topic, but it, I think it will it could branch out. But this mm-hmm. is just one of the many stories involving this area. So why don't you sit back and uh, get ready for this? On December fifth, nineteen forty-five, five General Motors TBM Avenger bombers departed from Fort Lauderdale, Florida and flew out over the Bermuda Triangle for a training bombing mission. They never returned. Almost 77 years later, the planes and their 14 crew members had vanished have still not been accounted for. Was this an instance of a routine mission gone terribly wrong? Or were these American bombers plucked out of this dimension by the mysterious forces of the Bermuda Triangle? Put out your sparklers in a bucket of water. And grab a hot dog, vegan or otherwise, Patriots, because it's time to discuss the disappearance of Flight 19. How could
2: five bombers, each with its own crew and radio facilities, disappear from the face of the earth without even flashing a single message of explanation?
1: That's a question author George Sand asked in his 1952 Fate magazine article, Sea Mystery at Our Back Door. and one that has remained unanswered since 1945. The article was the second known story to propose that there was some sort of mystery taking place in the North Atlantic Ocean, in an area that triangulated between Miami, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. However, the mysterious region wouldn't get its nickname until 1964 when author Vincent Gladys coined the term for the first time in his article for Argosy Magazine called The Deadly Bermuda Triangle. In both instances, Sand and Gladys made the case for an area of the ocean where planes and ships disappeared without explanation. And the most famous of those instances was that of the disappearance of Flight 19. Now, real quick, I want to interject with a couple notes Uh, The Bermuda Triangle is also known as the Devil's Triangle. And I want to remind our listeners that this was the story. (laughs) The Fate Magazine story in 1952 was what got um, our dear friend Albert K. Bender into the UFO phenomenon, into the weird stuff. And ultimately led him down the path to the Men in Black. So if you listen to our Men in Black three-parter, this is sort of a tag back to the story that uh, infatuated Albert K. Bender.
2: Hmm. and i can see why it's a, it's a it's an incredible story flight 19 was not a commercial flight uh, rather it was a collector a collective of five avenger bombers that were flying a routine mission on december 5th 1945 in fact that was the 19th one that day hence the title flight 19. now the flight crew was supervised by u.s navy lieutenant charles carroll taylor Lieutenant Taylor, who was coaching four other planes, a trainee who was leading the group across the North Atlantic for a training mission that departed from a naval air station in Fort Lauderdale. Taylor was a World War II vet, and an experienced one at that. He flew several combat missions in the Pacific Theater, and this flight should have been a walk in the park for him. The rest of the crew consisted of three men to a plane, with the exception of one bomber that only carried two men.
1: Also, yeah, a man who an army man whose middle name is Carol. Mm. You know he's tough.
2: He's a tough mo foe. Now he had, I, from what I read, he had about like three thousand flight hours, where everyone yeah. else uh, he was training had about three hundred. So he he'd been through it, man.
1: Yeah, now, and he was flying up with these guys, and he would sort of he, you know, I think they're flying in sort of a V formation, <laughs> and he'd be off to the right or the left. And he'd let a trainee lead the flight and he'd be over the radio going, now do this, don't do that. you know. And they were just going out, basically Riley, going out and bombing uh, targets out in sort of like, out in these little areas out in the North Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Florida.
2: Yeah, hmm. they call it a, a, the, this place called the Hens and Chicken Shoals. Now their exercise was three hours and it was called... Get this navigation problem number one. (laughs)
1: That is, that is, right? I don't it's know if that's a Club kind of Bryce track, but that is <laughs> for sure an ambient track written by uh Riley in his special feelings corner.
2: Yeah. yeah so they would, would send the bombers out east about a hundred miles and then from there the bombers would head north to Brand Bahama Island before turning left back southeast for the naval base. Pretty yeah. relatively easy mission.
1: Yeah, they were they're like, We're gonna go bomb the hens and chicken shoals, and then we're gonna go north, and then we're gonna triangulate back to Fort Lauderdale, hey, they were flying in a triangle. That's
2: right, Michael, the three legs of the Bermuda Triangle. You got Puerto Rico there, Fort Lauderdale, and right up into Bahama. Now, of course, we know that plan didn't end up happening. Something went horribly wrong. At first, everything seemed to be going smoothly. In fact, Taylor and his men swooped over hens and chicken shoals, delivered their payload around 2.30 in the afternoon... And that's when the men headed north that something happened and they became lost. Now, we know bad weather started rolling in, high winds and rains, and suddenly the pilots had become disoriented. Um, As a matter of fact, Lieutenant Taylor reported back to base that his compass was not working.
1: Yeah, that happened a little bit later in this story. So first, there's another naval flight instructor who was flying near mm. the Florida coast, Lieutenant Robert F. Cox. And he okay. received a radio call from one of the last pilots that went like this. I don't know where we are. We must have got lost after that last turn. So Cox then alerts the Naval Air Station back in Fort Lauderdale, and they radioed back to Lieutenant Taylor. And that's when Taylor radioed back to base that both of his compasses were malfunctioning. In fact, Taylor said they were spinning wildly.
2: Spinning wildly. That's the type of shit you see in, like, movies. Now, what I imagine they have, of course, their main compass and then, what, a backup compass or something. But I would imagine each each, uh, plane had at least two compasses. Intact. I wonder if they were all doing that, you know? Yeah, they weren't Uh, working. Here's his
1: quote back to base right here.
2: Yeah, both my compasses are out, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down.
1: Now, sadly, Taylor probably misidentified which islands he was looking at. His claim that he was flying over the Florida Keys was perplexing, that would put him hundreds of miles off course in a relatively short amount of time. Now, if you're looking at the map, mm. the, the keys are southwest of the tip of the Florida, yeah. um, like heading out into the Gulf Coast. So, of course now this is all speculation because we don't really know exactly what happened but some have speculated that taylor was actually seeing the bahamas not the keys but believing he was now over the gulf of mexico taylor started flying his men northeast hoping to hit the florida peninsula this of course only flew them further off their course
2: so crazy, and who's who's to say? As we'll discuss, I'm sure a little bit later, some going over some theories. Who's to say he didn't jump distance in a matter of seconds? That well, Bryce, flight, of
1: course, you'd want to jump yeah. right there because again, it's cutting right to the to the third act twist. But, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to triangle. that.
2: We'll we'll tell.
1: Now, pilots were in right to the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> the other
2: pilots were confused as well. One of them was heard over the radio saying
1: damn it if we just fly west we could get home
2: now eventually taylor course corrected and did head back west but then became convinced once again that he was still somehow lost over the gulf of mexico hadn't flew had he was convinced that he also hadn't flown far enough east and he headed back east again a total disaster now, weather was getting worse, it was growing dark, and the planes were both missing and running low on fuel. Taylor braced his men for a potential crash. All planes, close up tight. We'll have to ditch in less landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together.
1: That is such a fucking creepy transmission yeah. over here. Dude, so, that's what sucks. So, <laughs> just the idea of, like, we're all going to go down together. And people were like why didn't the trainees because they started to question it they're like no we don't we think we're over here still you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're flying further out east over the pacific ocean when when he thinks they're going to hit florida and people were like why didn't they all just fly back west and it's just because they they were they couldn't break rank they had to yeah, fly their they military you know? discipline
2: yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> man it's crazy well, 7.30 p.m. on the night of December 5th, a search party was sent out in the form of two PBR Mariner flying boats. And, well, guess what happened to those? They vanished! Yeah, yeah, you kid, but, you know, they did. One of the rescue Mariners disappeared 20 minutes into the flight, along with its 13 crew members.
1: So the re- one of the rescue boats also vanishes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of them said that, you know, I guess the the... The, the accepted theory is, you know, those old seaplanes—they called them uh, flying gas tanks because they always had trouble. Uh, but I mean, what are the odds that this thing go? I guess it's possible that they thought was it was looking for Flight 19 that it just somehow exploded minutes after takeoff, and I guess in fact they did. There was a uh, a, a passing merchant ship, which spotted a fireball and found evidence of an oil slick in the ocean. So, so
1: there's some evidence that that Mariner exploded. But how tragic is that? So, thirteen, almost the same amount of people are lost trying to find yeah. these fourteen guys. I mean, this is just so sad and and so crazy. So the next morning, or I think even early, you know, early in the morning that night, three hundred ships and planes were sent out searching for remains, but flight. 19 was never found Mm -hmm. this is a quote from navy lieutenant david white who said they just vanished we had hundreds of planes out looking and we searched over land and water for days and nobody ever found the bodies or any debris uh the official navy board of investigation uh came up clueless and they thought that, you know, okay, maybe Taylor had confused the Bahamas for the Florida Keys and his compasses malfunctioned, but they couldn't honestly figure out what happened to Flight 19. And the official explanation for its disappearance was, quote, causes or reasons unknown, end quote. So, ever since then, you know, we've started getting these stories of the Bermuda Triangle being a location where Stuff disappears, and in mm-hmm. fact, there are, is a history of other ships and planes. Uh, uh, there was a USS Cyclops in uh, April 15th 1918 the vessel disappeared with her entire crew of 300 near the, near Barbados it lost one of uh, it's lost as one of the mysteries of the sea no trace was ever found of that there's another boat called the witchcraft which was lost um and there are numerous flights and things that have gone down in this area and some argue well there's really no nothing no more ships or planes are crashing here or going vanishing here than in other parts of the ocean but there is something strange about this area and one of the big things that keeps coming up is that compasses tend to Get really wonky in this area, and there might be some mm-hmm. sort of magnetic disturbance. There's a lot of fun stuff um, that comes up in here, uh, so let's let's talk about some fun facts involved with Flight 19 and the Bermuda Triangle area, Bryce.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, you guys have probably seen it, but the 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 famous film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind,
1: in the kind. film's opening, <clears throat>
2: kind, kind in the film's opening. <laughs> In the film's opening, the aircrafts uh, are discovered in the Sonoran Desert in pristine condition with fuel tanks intact, one of several mysterious events that imply extraterrestrial activity. In the film's ending scene, the crew returned to Earth from the alien mothership, seemingly the same age as their disappearance.
1: There's a lot of so, thoughts that aliens abducted these guys, and they didn't know what was happening. Wasn't there a strange? Right. Wasn't
2: it in Wonder Woman too? Didn't they? Wasn't that the Chris Evans thing,
1: Flight 19? Right, like he was, or maybe not. No, I don't think so. No. He disappeared okay. in World War One, Bryce. And then he came okay. back. Then he okay. came back after uh, Wonder Woman made a magical wish that he would come back to life. And he dropped into somebody's body. <laughs> and then he, in that other <laughs> man's body, had sex with Wonder Woman. Uh, basically, I uh, basically. St- stating that wonder woman had (laughs) non-consensual this man had non-consensual sex with wonder with wonder woman
2: (laughs) open open the wrong can of worms there yeah you did a lot of
1: problems (laughs) wonder woman 84 very problematic very problematic film
2: you know i want to point some some earlier um events taking place in the bermuda triangle because man it is a pretty storied place that whole area in fact you know, there's an old tale that Christopher Columbus yes. uh, had recorded that while sailing to the New World and, you know, obviously through what is now known as the Bermuda Triangle, he described getting these bizarre compass readings. And get this. He was even witness to strange and mysterious lights in the sky. Yep. Uh, UFOs, perhaps. And they I don't saw know. I mean,
1: UFOs coming out of the water in parts of their uh, travels as well. But, yeah, they saw red. I think red and yellow lights hovering above uh, in the skies in this area. So there's sort of like he saw mermaids. Well, He saw ugly mermaids and he saw UFOs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Even Charles Lindbergh attempting to fly the old spirit of St. Louis from Cuba to Florida in 1928 reported that while passing through the area, his compass began spinning out of control. And, you know, I, you know, like you said, Mike, I, the list of strange disappearances have been pretty steady ever since. Thousands <clears throat> of planes, ships, and boats have mysteriously vanished. No warnings, no distress calls, and no wreckage. In fact, the sailors in the shipyards off the coast of Florida are filled with stories of close calls and strange happenings in the triangle. And theories are abound. Everything from cosmic time warps to giant sea monsters, a tear in the fabric of space-time. To, yes, even alien interference and abduction.
1: Um, I don't know. I like what do you the, guys think? I like the idea that it's... Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, I saw a special that um, that the Bermuda Triangles where Atlantis actually was. Where Atlantis oh, sank. Oh, yeah. And there was some giant old school... Uh a, like uh pre like ancient civilization technology, there was some weapon, some magnetic weapon that was draw, dragging all the ships and planes down under the water. Mm,
2: yeah. Like like, I don't like think one they ever found to- that
1: big magnet. I don't think they it's found like it.
2: One of your old toys in the toy box that has a battery in it and every now and then it chimes in, you know, and you're like, maybe that's like the tech at it, it, it uh, atlantis underneath the ocean yeah and every <laughs> yeah That's right yeah. And every now and, and then Rux it skin. just goes a little crazy oh my god <laughs> you know it's you're not far off because there was this crazy structure uh in the gulf of Mes- mexico on the east coast of florida called the bimini road and it was discovered in 1968 and you know scientists are still sort of arguing over if this is a naturally formed sort of road or barrier. But a lot of people, um, and divers especially, who go down there say, this is man-made. This is some sort of a road. And could it be a road from lost Atlantis? You know, Edgar Cayce, the famed sleeping prophet, wrote a whole, had so many thoughts and ideas and readings about Atlantis. He wrote a whole book on the subject, but he was convinced that it lies somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, that it was buried under the sea. And, uh, you know, maybe I mean, there's something Atlantis, to this idea. Atlantis,
1: Atlantic, I mean. Yeah. Whoa. yeah, Poof, Dude, guys. come on. Just <laughs> figured it. Fuck, it's like By right the way, there. Thursday, Thor's day. It's Thor's whoa. day. <laughs> Thor's day. Hell
2: whoa. yeah. Man, pretty good stuff. What's the electronic
1: um, fog bank theory?
2: Yeah, so the electronic fog bank theory is this idea that uh, there seems to be this fog that holds some type of electromagnetic current or power, and when ships or vessels sail in or fly into it it can screw up their navigation systems and wreak all kinds of havoc now is this some type of you know uncategorized natural phenomena this electronic fog bank or is it something more of the paranormal variety is it is it a sentient fog bank but a lot of films are sort of based on this idea of a of a creeping uh nefarious fog
1: I like this guy Bruce Gernon who wrote a book about yes. electronic fog. Just read just do just do our listeners a favor and read the blurb about that he wrote about his book Beyond the Bermuda Triangle True Encounters with Electric Electronic Fog. Again, right right wait, wait a minute. Riley, do we now yeah. have the birth Of a fourth BCC band, which is your ambient sound project called Electronic Fog, and the first track is Navigation Problem Number One. Oh yeah, I know. I
0: know what I'm doing tonight
2: when we finish (laughs) recording. (laughs) We're like, (laughs) I'll tell you that.
1: Electronic Fog is absolutely the name of your ambient solo project. Yeah, we're like,
2: we're like Empire. We're like, we're like forming companies and record (laughs) labels and bands. This is great electronic fog i'm into it yeah so check out this guy's book read and i ordered it too because i after reading this i had to <laughs> Bruce, Ger- bruce I, love Gernan, the, like, I love that you
1: start out by going what's this all about and you're like buy now click buy now <laughs> but, don fucking click buy now don cart.
2: don what's your password add to cart <laughs> buy now uh no i don't care about what else is on the list just get this now um okay i'm bruce gurnan and I flew <laughs> through the heart of the Bermuda Triangle Riley, before sample- i even Riley, heard wait, the term. Pause,
1: pause, pause, pause. Riley, uh-huh. sample all of this for your for your track <laughs> navigation problem number one. Okay, Just sam- sample this. Start, start over. Start over, Bryce. Sure.
2: I'm Bruce Gernon, and I flew through the heart of the Bermuda Triangle before I'd even heard the term. Skeptics have dismissed the triangle as a non-mystery, but they weren't in my airplane when the fog surrounded my craft (laughs) and I leaped ahead 100 miles. I documented what happened and memorized every detail of that flight. Now, I'm ready to explain that there is no Bermuda Triangle. Instead, there is a continuing mystery that has resulted in thousands of disappearances of crafts and loss of life over decades and centuries, a phenomenon I call electronic fog. In Beyond the Bermuda Triangle, Rob McGregor and I present multiple cases of pilots and others who have experienced electronic fog in the air, in the water, and on land. We also examine UFO and USO cases and their possible relationship with space-time warps. Among the fascinating topics we explore are time travel and teleportation, lost crafts including Flight 19, the Dragon's Triangle, the underwater area 51, the man who's building a warp drive, and a remote viewer who takes on the triangle. So, now
1: that man building a warp drive is me. And yes, it's in my garage.
2: <laughs> and I love how he goes from there is no Bermuda triangle, it's something just known as this, but then there's also aliens, lost crafts, <laughs> underwater bases. And it's like, well, wait, you can't. Yeah, hold, hold on a second. You can't get buddy. it both ways there, Bruce. Uh, but he does well, but I,
0: this electronic fog theory actually kind of tracks for me i mean aside from like the that it's sentient and warp drives and all mm. that stuff because because there's there's definitely uh re- recorded instances of of uh electromagnetic interference from heavy weather right mm. that's like a normal thing we all know about is it
2: not yeah yeah, yeah i think so i think so, so too. so and there was bad mean,
1: weather that day but right. I don't know so, if
2: there's anything known as electronic fog. I, I'm going to actually put it in the old. I mean, Google there is box.
1: now, and you can find it on Patreon.com/slash Bigfoot Collectors Club.
2: <laughs> yeah, on the uh, cosmic deer. Yeah, no, there's there's no uh, nothing to science known as electronic fog. But just the, the idea of a
0: weather-based electromagnetic disturbance that's oh, like I scramb- agree with you. Scr- scrambling instruments and throwing off like compasses and things like-, like that seems like something I could wrap my head around. Oh, you yeah.
2: Know, Absolutely. No, we don't need the science to know that area. to believe in it. That just che- that checks out 100%. We know clouds. <laughs> that's when clouds, like, get <laughs> <low>.
1: <laughs> when yeah. clouds get low, they like to mess up your machines. That's how yeah. I understand it.
2: It's like when you're dragging your socks on the hardwood floor and then you touch a balloon. It's it's there. We all know right. it. The sign. The triangle. The salt
1: backs it up. Well, <laughs> yeah. that is the story, the tragic story of Flight 19, and people have been looking for uh, these planes for 77 years, and nothing's turned up yet. Um, and one of the things they did mention that they were they were so. Uh, perplexed by is that the the buoyancy of the metal in these planes they should have actually floated and not sank and that's Mm. another thing that comes up now i don't know how much uh that is based in actual facts but there you go what's out there Mm. in the bermuda triangle and what have they done to our boys in uniform Hmm.
0: it is weird they never found any any wreckage or anything at all nothing
1: nothing nothing I mean, a lot of that stuff could be buried in the Everglades, you know, if they did make it back. But I think they probably ended up just flying so far out, you know, east, northeast that they just they ran out of gas and fell in the ocean. And then what an
2: awful way to die, man. No fucking
1: shit. Tragic. But uh, a strange story nonetheless And the gateway into the Bermuda Triangle I'm sure it's a subject that we will unpack In further detail in the future Absolutely Um, So there you go Uh, Riley, Bermuda Triangle, bullshit or believe it
0: I mean, the, there's a lot of ships and planes and craft have disappeared there, right? So you have to believe something's yeah, going on.
1: Maybe not like as much. I mean, maybe just as much as anywhere else. But now, when
0: you mention that, is that you, you mentioned that in the High Strangers that it's just like.
1: They've Shit done studies and they're the like, ocean. it's not any more or less than anywhere else. It's just gotten this. I think because of Flight 19 and some of these other stories you know, that were written in, in Fate Magazine and Argosy, it's just gotten a lot of attention. You know what I mean? Uh, but right, it may not right. actually be any more or less than anywhere else in the world.
0: And it's also like a high traffic area yeah. in yeah. general
2: because it's between all of these points of yeah. ports. Yeah. Hmm. yeah.
1: You know, Ooh. Lieutenant oh, Taylor
2: okay. did. There is on record. He did report. Uh, that he didn't want to take that flight test out that morning he had a bad premonition, but you know his commanding officer told him to get his ass in the plane anyway, and he did but he had wow. a, a a looming feeling and as we all know when you know when you get that feeling in your gut, you need to listen to it.
1: Bryce thrown in a last minute psychic message the tail end of this story but that's I, that's <laughs> right. fascinating that's it. All right. Well, that wraps up our story of Flight 19 and this week's episode and this year's 5th annual 4th of July celebration. Grab a vegan dog. Go hang out with your family. Um, We will uh, remember to get your BCC Jet Ski Special shirts, which will be in the shop now next week we will be taking a bit of a break but we have a patreon unlock for you guys so if you're not a patreon member you'll hear something new and um and then we're gonna be back kicking ass for the rest of the summer we got some really really cool stuff planned we've got some big things in development for bigfoot collectors club itself that we're excited to talk about and announce Mm -hmm. but we can't yet um it's the year of fulfillment guys and summer really even though it's 4th of july it's just getting started so stay with us in the meantime follow us at bigfoot collectors club on instagram epic foot pod on twitter i'm at mcmills on instagram bryce is mr bryce johnson riley is right. at peace drone we are all at this point should all be on cameo if you guys want some special facetime messages from us boys we can set that up anything else oh check out my podcast slate your name uh, i just currently wrapped up season one 16 episodes are waiting for you awesome interviews with uh fun people in in hollywood and in the entertainment industry boys anything you guys want to plug
0: uh that's just, it you go yeah. Ahead, yeah yeah just you know uh, follow just join the patreon yeah. you know you'll like good. it it's good yeah. you'll Great. enjoy it yeah.
2: join the patreon
1: all right, let's go watch some fireworks, everybody. Uh, until next time, good night. And go get regressed. Happy Fourth of July. <laughs>